to us. That very hour, they got up and returned to Jerusalem. They found the eleven and those with them gathered together, who said, The Lord has truly been raised and has appeared to Simon. The reason why they said Simon was that was Peter. What had Peter done? Remember at this point, Peter had denied Jesus. So for Jesus to appear to Peter was reconfirming him, someone who had denied and rejected Jesus three times. Now Jesus went straight to Peter and reconfirmed his faith and says, Peter, I'm alive. You can still be a disciple. I've risen. Verse 35. Then they began to describe what happened on the road and how he made known to them in the breaking of the bread. These men were walking to a little village called Emmaus. They walked seven miles. They get there and they have a dinner with Jesus. And the Bible says they were blinded. The whole time they talked about Jesus, they talked about the scriptures, which the scriptures were pointing to Jesus. They weren't talking about University of Kentucky. They weren't talking about the NBA playoffs. They weren't talking about Fox News or the Republican Party. Who were they talking about? They were talking about Jesus while they were walking along. They were talking about the scriptures there. And what happened was their hearts, the Bible says, were burning. They heard the word of God and it set them on fire. College students that come to University of Kentucky in Lexington, they might come here to learn, but what's going to set their heart is on fire and what's going to change their life is this book right here. The message that we have, the message that we go about as a church in a body of believers is that we have the greatest message in the world. This is what makes people burn from within. The Bible is living, a double-edged sword, the Scriptures say. It pierces our hearts. We as believers this morning, we want to have an Emmaus Road experience. Do you want Jesus to catch your heart on fire? Do you want to have that burning passion for the Lord? Do you want to know the Lord like this man named Cleopas, which is his only mention in Scripture? And also his unknown friend, they're just walking along. But most likely these were disciples because they knew who the women were who went to the tomb. They were talking about all these events that had occurred. And and the Bible says that God blinded them from seeing Jesus. And then when they had their meal and they broke the bread, Jesus vanished. We know the new resurrected Jesus. We know this from John chapter 19 when He appeared also, or John chapter 20, when he appeared to the disciples after he was resurrected, he walked through the door twice. Here he's disappearing. The Bible says Jesus, he appeared to, the first Corinthians chapter 15 says he appeared to 500 people following the resurrection. For 40 days, he walked around showing himself that he was alive. People saw the post-resurrection, post-resurrected Jesus. And what happened to these men here, when they realized that it was Jesus who was pointing themselves to the Scriptures, they had just walked seven miles. At this point, it was dark. What did they do? They got up from Emmaus and walked back seven miles and went to Jerusalem to go find the other disciples and says, He's alive. We just witnessed, we just saw 
Jesus. So they walked. They had a long ass. They walked 14 miles that day. That was a, that's, that's half a marathon. That's, a, that's over half a marathon. That was a long walk these two men had. But they were excited. They were you know, fortunate to have a conversation with Jesus. Do you know, if you ever have a conversation with a chicken, it's not going to be wonderful. If you have a conversation with your Siri on your iPhone, that might be helpful, but that's not really wonderful. If you go to Kroger and you have a conversation with the grocery store employee, you know, it's cordial, but it's not really wonderful. When you have a conversation on the Emmaus Road with Jesus, that is a wonderful experience. Why? Because he sets your heart on fire. We want to be a body of believers saying, God, set my heart on fire. I want to have this same passion that after I just walked seven miles, I turn around and go, wow, I want to go back and tell others about Jesus. Are you willing to say, God, I will do, I will walk, I will do what it takes to be on fire for you. Jesus here, what's powerful about this passage is he's opening up the scriptures and he's talking about how from Genesis to Malachi all point to him. You know, the Bible, he is the center of all of scripture. He's the center of all of history. He's the center of the entire world. Everything throughout human history revolves around this man. And we have to be, our minds have to be open to see Jesus. If you have your little bulletin, sir, look at this. This is the disappearing stranger. Because Jesus disappeared when they broke the bread. And Jesus believed all the Bible is about him. When you go a day and you don't read your Bible, you are missing an opportunity to spend time with God. Daily, you should be in the Scriptures. If you want to know God, you know Him through your Bible because God has chosen to reveal Himself with the Bible. When Danny teaches the BCM college students down there on Columbia Road, right down the road, a BCM night, whatever night they meet, he's going to teach what? The Bible. When you come to Sunday school and other side of your bulletin insert, you say, I want to go. What are you going to? You're going to learn the Bible. When you come into a worship service, the songs are pointing to the scriptures. When you hear a preacher preach, he should be pointing people to the Bible. Why? Because we as believers, we as Christians know he is the sinner and the author of scripture. It's Jesus explained the Bible and it sets people's hearts on fire. We want the same. I can't stress this enough. Broadway Baptist, if you do not know your Bible, you do not know God. If you don't know the scriptures, if you aren't teaching your children about the Bible, they are going to grow up and they will not know the Lord. They will not get saved. They will not come into a saving knowledge of, of Jesus. We know the Lord through the scriptures. You say, Daniel, what about human experience? If human experience doesn't line up with, with the Bible, it's not from the Lord. God's not going to put something and place something in your heart 
that doesn't line up with the Scriptures. If Jesus talks about the Bible, we should be talking about the Bible. Number two, Jesus believes our personal faith must be rooted in Scripture. It must be rooted in Scripture. Why? Because Jesus was, His fulfillment, His his coming was rooted in the Scriptures. And He's opening up His Bibles and to, to verify it. God had folks write down the Bible so we can verify what happened. This isn't just a record of what happened in 2,000, 3,000 years ago. It's a record saying this is how God has chosen to work. This is how God's chosen to save folks. And thirdly, Jesus calls these two disciples here to go tell others that he's risen. We walk away from a Maus Road experience with a passion for telling other people. These guys were so excited after walking seven miles, they turned around and went back seven miles and said, we have seen him. They were excited about after they were saved. Are you excited to be saved? Are you excited that in your Who's Your One campaign, it really wraps up today. If you haven't made your commitment, if you're new here, we have these little commitment cards back at the Welcome Center. You fill it out, and there's the box right there, and you drop it in there, and you commit to pray for someone who does not know the Lord for one month, for 30 days. I have two people I'm praying for. One of them came to Easter Egg Hunt a couple days ago. They're lost, and they need Jesus. And we pray them to Jesus. You should know someone who is not in church this Sunday. Maybe they came on Easter, but they don't come the Sunday after Easter. And they might not come again until next Easter or Christmas. But Jesus wants more than that. He wants daily disciples following him. And you pray people through the scriptures to know Jesus. Why are we starting a second worship service? Because we believe it's a way to reach people with the gospel. It's two opportunities to come to church. It's two opportunities to come worship a risen Savior. Maybe college students can't get up by 9 o'clock, but they can come at 11.09 and come worship the Lord. It's an opportunity to come here and know the Lord. That's the message we proclaim. The Emmaus Road, what happens when Jesus walks alongside you? Number one, the new normal for you should be you pray to the Lord. We pray that God is going to do something great. We believe that God is going to save lost souls. We believe that God brought Danny, and we know they brought him from New Orleans, from Moscow, to our city, so we can reach University of Kentucky students with the gospel. We can look back over here for now, and he will come to know college students have come and gotten saved through his ministry. We will see college students of this church that will be saved from Chris's ministry. They've come to Lexington to learn, but most importantly, they've learned about Jesus. That's a message that we have. That's we're praying people to the Lord. If you want to start seeing change, you start praying. Number two, the new normal is studying. We study by knowing the scriptures. Guys, you have to get these two down. You need to have a prayer life, and you need to have a Bible study life. And your Bible study life needs to be involved where God is teaching you the scriptures. One of the names the Holy Spirit has given us, or his name, is teacher. Why is he called teacher? He teaches us. We're the students. You're a lifetime student of God. You're always learning the scriptures. The 66 books in the Bible, you should know them. God should raise you up and teach you the Bible so that you can be able to teach it to other people. Have you ever had an Emmaus Road experience? 
where someone comes alongside. It's like a discipleship. And he just, Jesus comes along Cleopas and this unnamed disciple and just teaches them the scripture. Has anybody ever come alongside you to teach you the Bible? Have you ever come along someone outside someone else and taught them the scriptures? Do you know if you're a parent, Sarah and I were talking about this other day. If you have children at your house and y'all sit down at the dinner table, that is a daily discipleship opportunity. They're going to eat. You've got them right there. They're going to listen. Turn off the TV and whatever it is they're playing on, and you tell them about the Lord. Read some scripture. Do something with Jesus with them. Pray for your ones. Pray as a family. Pray for God's plan. Every day is a day of praying and studying and teaching the Bible. You use and maximize those opportunities. That's the new normal here. The new normal is that you're going to be a disciple. You're going to be an Emmaus Road disciple that someone has come along and discipled you, and you go along and disciple others. Chris has talked about here, our cause ministry eventually have a mentoring where we have folks, some of you have been believers for 50, 60, 70 years. You know this Bible from cover to cover. You've heard every sermon in the world on Emmaus Road. You could quote this sub by memory. But you know what you have not done? You haven't taken someone and walked alongside them and poured your knowledge and what God has taught you into someone else. Do you know what Jesus is really doing on Emmaus Road? He's doing one-on-one discipleship. Do you want to raise up a new, new generation of leaders and folks who know the Bible? Just come alongside and say, let's talk about the scriptures. Talk about this sermon. Talk about your Sunday school lesson. You talk about what did God teach you and what has he taught you. That is the story. Do you know, I went uh, about two or three weeks ago, I took the, we took the children to this place, and it was called the, uh, it's where the second is in Paris. The exact name is the Cane, I've talked about it before, the Cane Ridge Meeting House in Paris, Kentucky. It's actually just right out this road up here, and just keep on going. And you go there, and it goes, goes to Paris. I think it's this road. You just go all the way, Broadway just keeps on going, and you end up in Paris, and you drive past it. And in 1801, do you know a great revival, really a revival that really is the reason we even do an invitation at this service. It's the reason we do an invitation. It's, it, it rekindled the public altar call. And it's a little building that they've now built another building around it. And what it is, is you go there. And in 1801, there was a man, a Presbyterian minister named Barton Stone. He had a, it was an eight-day revival at this place. This is in 1801, almost 200 years ago. Or I'm sorry, that would be over 200 years ago now. So gosh, time just keeps on going by. Over 200 years ago. <coughs> And what happened was they had an eight-day revival. Over, they estimate, twenty to 30,000 people attended. They said three to 5,000 people were saved. They said for a mile long, people came and waited in line for the revival. They basically just had preachers throughout the day. They had service after service, 24 hours having 
an eight-day revival in Paris, Kentucky. And it had an altar call. It was a little church. had a balcony. And you'd go there, and you'd walk the aisle and give your life to Jesus. That was the start that really propelled Baptists and back then Methodists in having an altar call. And that's where we got circuit-riding preachers and revivals that we'll have later this year and turning people, turning to the Lord. And what it was, it was gospel preaching with an opportunity to respond to the gospel. And how it all started is this little church there in Paris, they started praying for a revival. They wanted to reach Bourbon County for the Lord. They wanted to have a revival to reach their lost community. And it was something greater than they expected. I think a lot of times what happens for us is we think, you know what, Danny will reach the college students at UK. Daniel Osmond will go do the ministry here, and Brother Hurd here at Broadway Baptist. And the other churches, they'll do that. But we fail to realize that God is going to use you. God is going to use your prayers, your knowledge of the Scriptures, and raise you up to have an Emmaus Road experience. Jesus discipled two people here. This 101-102 discipleship is a picture of what Jesus is, is teaching us. One person isn't going to be able to disciple an entire university. One person isn't going to be able to disciple an entire church. We need an army of Emmaus Road Christians where God has brought you and is going to raise you up to come alongside other people and start pouring your life into others. But how do you do that? It starts with time. Discipleship means time. If you don't spend time with other people, you won't disciple them. If you don't spend time with God, you won't have anything worth saying. If you spend time with God, then you have, and then you spend time with other people, you have a message to share. I want you all to understand, Satan has blinded us. Because most of us, if we're not giving our time to God, and we're not giving it to other people, you will not be a disciple maker. You won't. Other priorities, other interests, other things, and you just fill in the blank, anything in the world can get in the way from pouring your life into others. And you need to ask us, does God remove all the distractions in my life and let me become an Emmaus Road disciple maker. The new normal here is giving. After praying, studying, it's giving. God wants us to give. Danny talked about we give to the um, BCM monthly. We give to cooperative programs. We give food. We give our time. We give our resources and our money. Giving is what disciples do. Ministry costs money. It costs to maintain a building and a presence down at the university. We would never want to lose that real estate there. It's Kentucky Baptist. Wonderful opportunity. The new normal after giving is going. And this is what the Emmaus Road disciples did. What did they do when their hearts were on fire? When Jesus catches you on fire, he does a new work in your life. What are you going to do? You're going to go tell someone else. Jesus wants you. These guys just walked seven miles. They turned around and walked back to Jerusalem seven miles. Some of us aren't even willing to walk across the street. 
Some of us aren't will walk across the pews. I mean, greet someone. Listen, we have got to get a mentality that God wants us to go. Some people are not going to come to the church building. They might come on Easter. They might come on Christmas. But the rest of the year, that's not going to come. We just don't give up on it. We go to them. There's an excitement and a passion with the gospel. 200 years ago at Cane Ridge there in Paris, people were lined up a mile to hear about Jesus. There was a sense of excitement. God is doing something. We want to be a part when God catches us on fire. When God sets your heart on fire with the Word of God, your life is changed. People notice the difference. You have a message to share. We have to, we have to be prepared for God to do something. And the way to do it is you start praying, you start studying your Bible, you start giving, and you start going. That's Emmaus Road. That's investing in other people. You know, one of the ways to give is you find some, you find a college student, you know a young person, take them out to lunch, invite them over to dinner, go pay for them to do something. You're pouring into them so they can hear. Find a teenager and say, I'll pay for you to go to camp because I know you're going to hear about and know about the Lord. Jesus is wanting us. He's saying this here, a resurrected Jesus. He's a resurrected Jesus that what does he first talk about? He talks about himself. The message that we're in, I want you to examine your heart and say, am I on fire for Jesus? Are my hearts burning for the word of God? I want to tell you something. Some of you, if you've dropped out of Sunday school, maybe dropped out on Wednesday night, dropped out on Sunday night, maybe you dropped out of church, and you're coming less and less and less. You're not hearing the Word of God like you used to, preached and taught. Do you know what that means? That means your heart is not on fire. That means your heart is not burning for the Lord. That means you've lost interest. You need to ask God, God, I, I, need to, I need to have an Emmaus Road. I need someone to rekindle that flame. Give me that desire. And the other thing is what happens when you have the Emmaus Road experience, you go and you tell others. And I think a lot of times when we think about, when you hear about going and telling others, probably the first thing we start thinking about is the pulpit or standing up for being a teacher. How did Jesus witness? He witnessed to two people talking. They're just walking along everyday life. He works it in their conversation. Make your conversations gospel conversations. At work, at school, any opportunity, you're pointing people to Jesus. Church, that's what we do. We have a passion for the Word of God, and we have a passion for talking about Jesus. You want to know how you know if someone's really saved? They talk about Jesus all the time. You can you, A saved person is overflowing. There's a sense of the passion, the desire, excitement. You can look at a man, look at a woman, and say, that guy knows the Lord. Every conversation, it's, you know, you might not know where it begins, but you know where it's going. It's going to end up with Jesus. We want to be a body believers. We want to be a church. We want to have a BCM that talks about Jesus. We're going to have invitations. This is your invitation to respond to Jesus. I'm going to invite everyone to stand. Dave Dale's going to come forward and lead us in our song. I'll be standing up front.
If your heart's set on fire and you need to respond, now is your time to do that. These two men, how, what was their response? Their hearts were on fire. They turned around and they walked seven miles. I'm not asking you to walk seven miles. I'm asking you to just walk a few feet down an aisle and come to Jesus. We're going to stand and sing, and we're going to sing about Jesus for you to respond to the gospel. Have thine own way, Lord, have thine own way. Thou art the potter, I am the clay. Mold me and make me after thy will. While I am waiting, yielded and still. Have thine own way, Lord, have thine own way. Search me and try, Master, today. Whiter than snow, Lord, wash me just now, as in thy presence humbly I bow. Have thine own way, Lord, have thine own way. Wounded and weary, help me, I pray. Power all surely is thine. Touch me and heal me, Savior divine. Have thine own way, Lord, have thine own way. Hold o'er my being, absolute sway. Fill with thy spirit till all shall see Christ only always living in me. Have thine own way, Lord, have thine own way. Thou art the potter, I am the clay. Mold me and make me after thy will. While I am waiting, yielded and still. Have thine own way, Lord, have thine own way. Search me and try me, Master, today. Whiter than snow, Lord, wash me just now, as in thy presence humbly I bow. Have thine own way, Lord, have thine own way, wounded and
seated real quick. Miss Betty, you come stand up here with me. Brother Hood, you come stand up here as well. God's certainly been working. He's doing some great things here in our life of our church and exciting times. This is Miss Betty Adams. She's a member of our church, and she wanted to come forward this morning and say, Daniel, I need to rededicate my life to Christ. I need to make a rededication uh, and get back on track. And she wanted to make it public as well. I asked her, I said, do you want me to announce it to everybody? She said, absolutely. So it is something I need to do. I want to tell you, a rededication is something Christ calls us. Remember Thomas right there after he denied, or not he just denied, he questioned and doubted Jesus? Remember Peter and he, Jesus confronted him after he denied Jesus? Both Peter and Thomas had rededications. You know what happened to those two men in the book of Acts? They died for their faith. They became passionate gospel preachers. A rededication can change your life. So Betty, I commend you on rededicating your life to Christ and making that decision to live daily for Him. So that is very exciting. If you're excited for Miss Betty Adams rededicating her life to Christ, will you join me in saying amen. amen? Amen. We're excited about that, Betty. Congratulations. I want to let everybody know tonight we have um, Awanas at 530. It's baseball night. That's going on. We also have missions night at 6 o'clock. We've got several folks sharing about some mission opportunities here in our church. One is Miss Peggy Pe Cable. Peggy, raise your hand right there. So she's going to be sharing about missions in Uganda as well as Kenya. We'll have a special offering for her. She's a member of our church who uh, spends about 10 months out of the year there and comes home for a couple of months. And uh, it's exciting to hear updates what God is doing, how our giving helps her go and serve there in East Africa. So that's going to be a special night. That's going to be at, um, at uh, 6 o'clock tonight. Remember, too, our college ministry. Tonight, Monday, and Tuesday, we have food for thought. Our church has turned into a study hall for UK students. I think we're bringing the church shuttle bus going down there and picking them up and bringing them here. And then we're going to serve food. So if you want to help out with that, you let Danny or Chris know. And I'll tell you, Danny, you come stand up here, too. We always have a receiving line. So, Danny, you come stand up here next to Miss Betty. And um, I'm going to invite everyone to stand up. And uh, right, we're going to have a closing song. Right when we're done, you need to come through the receiving line and congratulate Miss Betty on her decision, rededicating her life, and shake Danny's hand and let him know you're praying for him and you support the BCM and uh, in our college ministry here at the University of Kentucky. David? All right. Two quick announcements. Friday night, Scott Collins, you know Scott, is playing at Renfro Valley. We're taking a group there. If you want to go, please sign up out here. Also, today, Young at Heart, we're eating at IHOP on Regency Road. You're welcome to go. And we're going to sing He Lives and chorus again as the recording goes. He lives, he lives, Christ Jesus lives. 